Hey friends, it's me, Katie Ann, and your host, the Full Confidence Ahead podcast, where we go on a journey together tackling the fears of life from family relationships to finance, from careers to community. Today, I so excited to have Brittany Griffin with us today. She's the Policy and Communications Deputy from the Treasurer of the State of Utah. She is absolutely incredible, and I'll introduce you a little bit later, but a foster and adoptive mom and giving her time right now to us. She has incredible insights, not only about finance, but also about being a woman in the workforce and balance with family. So hang in there. We're going to go to our sponsors really quick who make it possible for us to have this podcast. We'll introduce you to Brittany and you are going to love hearing from her. Have you ever felt scared swiping your card at a cash register, not knowing if it would be declined or maxed out on your credit limit? Believe me, I've been there holding my breath waiting to check out. Thankfully, all of that fear melted away and turned into confidence when I took a financial literacy course. The PowerPay Money Master course has changed my experience at the cash register from fearful to fearless. The online course is video-based and gives you real-life money smarts. USU Extension is offering a free Money Master course to all Full Confidence Ahead listeners. Go to Extension Courses dot usu dot edu slash katie ann powell and add the money master course to your cart the link will give you the 40 dollars course for free you can also get the course discount by going to extensioncourses.usu.edu and finding the money master course under the finance category use the code katie ann k-a-t-i-e-a-n-n with no spaces at checkout to claim your 40 dollars discount and free course As a podcaster and a one-woman show, it takes a lot of time to record, edit, and produce my episode. There is no way I could run my podcast on my own if I didn't have Podflow. Podflow is an AI-based podcasting tool that enhances audio recordings, writes show notes, and makes audio timestamps all within literally minutes. It's given me the power to be a one-woman show by giving me back my time. If you have your own podcast or are considering making your own, head over to podflow.ai to create your account. Podflow will give you a free trial to get just a taste of their product. And when you're ready to purchase their product, it's affordable and purchased by the month. So you can go month by month with your podcasting process. Get ready to podcast like me and get your Podflow account at podflow.ai. Okay, Brittany, we are so excited to have you with us. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me on. You're so welcome. I'm going to introduce you a little bit to our podcast listeners. So you guys, Brittany is a doctorate in pub- has a doctorate in public policy and administration, and her background is public administration, policy, and communications. So basically superwoman <laughs> is the, what she does. So she is the policy and communications deputy for the treasurer of the state of Utah. So Brittany, you're mostly working up at the Capitol in Utah, right? Mostly, at least during the legislative session. Um, I have a little bit more flexibility the rest of the year and will work one or two days from home on occasion. That is so nice. I'm up at the Capitol. (laughs) That is so nice. You guys, flexibility is good for her because she is a foster mom and an adoptive mom. So she is 
running her family and she is also in, at the Capitol. She's in charge of the, at the office. She is over the financial empowerment initiatives. So she is constantly working with local government, academia, marketing, and television, working on financial empowerment. That's actually how I met Brittany is if you listen to my podcast before, I you know that I definitely have a passion for financial literacy and I have crossed paths with her and just seen her as a total role model as she's a woman, a mother, and really pushing for the state and teaching kids. We actually just taught a classroom together, these cute fourth graders. And Brittany, you are just incredible teaching. You really are. Oh, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. I, I had a good partner and so glad you held my hand through that experience. But it was a lot of fun. Okay, not exaggeration podcast. It, people, no, no, no. She was incredible. She just has fun, bubbly attitude and obviously is passionate about finances. And it comes through and these kids catch on to that. So Brittany, let's kind of just start about where did your passion for finances come? So actually in a really roundabout way. So I got my undergraduate in journalism and then worked in television news as a reporter in Montana for a couple of years um, before moving to Utah to attend graduate school. And um, while I was in graduate school here, I had a couple of different jobs, including doing communications work for a couple of local governments before coming across the position at the Utah Office of State Treasurer. So, you know, during my course of my studies, I took some government finance and budgeting courses, but most of my experience with personal finance comes from, you know, personal lived experience. And then what I've been able to garner from my responsibilities at the treasurer's office and trying to connect Utahns and, you know, even Utah women with resources to help improve their financial situation. I love that. It, it's kind of, I, I love your story too, because it definitely kind of reflects mine as well as I have this communications background, then found finances later and kind of pivoted. But I feel like both you and me have this little niche of this communications and financial literacy, because a lot of people have, well, some people have this knowledge of financial literacy, but the issue is we need to communicate it correctly to people who do not. And so I just feel like people like you are such a key in our state because you have this financial empowerment segment of you, but you also have this huge communications background. So you know how to get the message across. That's just what I love. Um, personal finance is so important to everybody. No matter where you are in life, you need to know how to manage your money. And so it's it's just critical. And I'm glad that there are people like you who are taking it on and helping get the resources into the hands of those who need it which is everyone. <laughs> right? Everyone, like literally, I still need it every single day, even as I'm teaching, like we all need it, right? I love that. Brady, I want to know, as you're coming across this position, the Office of the Treasurer, were you intimidated to go into government or how did that, what crossed your mind as you were applying to this job? Well, as a reporter, I had the opportunity to engage with a lot of different individuals and in, in p different positions. So I already had that background before entering government as a state employee or local government employee. Um, so that part wasn't as intimidating as it probably should have been. But 
you know, despite the state treasurer being one of five constitutional officers, along with the governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, and auditor, um, and, you know, performing functions that are critical to the banking, investment, and financing operations of state agencies and municipalities, our team in the treasurer's office is actually really small. So there's 12 of us in treasury and investment and about 15 employees in our unclaimed property division. And the vast majority of our team members are women, um, you know, who are hired strictly based on qualifications. Um, so I've never really felt like I've been treated any differently because of my gender. And I've always felt like a really valued member of the team, which has, you know, really helped. Um, you know, however, despite not feeling any different in terms of how I've, I'm treated on my job, I've had the opportunity to work on issues that directly impact women and Utah women, um, you know, in particular. So I was able to help launch the Utah Women in the Money Conference, um, you know, when I first jumped into this role, which really sparked my passion for financial literacy, as that's a conference designed to empower women to achieve financial security and success. Um, you know, that's been a widely popular in endeavor. Last year, we had about 800 women in attendance at our conference, combined in person and virtual. And our fifth annual conference is coming up this September. Um, so, you know, I I've been really fortunate to just have the opportunity to jump in, be a part of a small team that that is passionate and, you know, almost like a family and then work on these issues that that are really important. That's amazing. I, did, I knew your team was small, but I didn't realize it was mostly women in that office, which is really interesting and comforting, probably, starting into the... I, I, don't, I surely would have been intimidated to start into government. And I just look at you and your courage to keep going. And I love that you said that you had this background and you're with people and around people in your reporter job that when you came to this government job, you felt qualified. And the reason why I love that is because sometimes as women, I think we we feel like we have to have the exact experience to feel qualified. You kind of did a horizontal shift, but you mm -hmm. took the skills from one side and applied it to the other. And you said like, no, that, that still makes me qualified over here, right? Yeah. Another thing I will say is, you know, I don't always feel confident. For me, it's I fake it until I make it. And I do that in almost every aspect of my life. You know, like most women, I, I think I, I experience imposter syndrome or, you know, that's clinically defined as like this gnawing feeling in you of self-doubt and incompetence. And then, you know, this dread that you're going to be exposed as a fraud. Um, so I've experienced that, you know, in various aspects of my life, whether that's school or my various jobs or, you know, personal finance or even while parenting. Um, so, you know, as so I'm constantly having to convince myself every day that I'm good enough. Most of the time that just involves doing my best and then faking it until I feel some sense of confidence. I love that you said that because I'm like, okay, if Brittany feels it, then I feel much better because like 100%, I have days, you know, 
we all do for sure with the imposter mm-hmm. syndrome. And how do you really combat those days where you're like, oh my goodness, I'm feeling it more today. Um, you said faking it till you make it, but there's there any steps that you kind of like talk to yourself through your mind or how do you show up to those days that imposter syndrome is definitely there? And sometimes it's just taking things one bite at a time or one small step at a time. So looking at the little tasks and figuring out how I'm going to tackle them. And by focusing on smaller pieces of the puzzle, the the bigger puzzle as a whole, you know, that I may feel unqualified for becomes a lot more feasible. So, you know, I'd say just one step at a time and, you know, put that smile on and do the very best that you can. Um, But for me, it's also allowing myself to be imperfect. So acknowledging I'm going to mess up, but, you know, owning it when I do and just moving forward one small step at a time. I absolutely love that. It's just going one bite at a time with those tasks or those things or those situations that do bring us that imposter syndrome moment. I love also that you mentioned that imposter syndrome comes being a parent. That is so real. Oh my goodness, it's so real. And that just made me kind of want to ask this question, but how how are you able to balance being a parent and the workforce? Because that I feel like that's a pressing question that <laughs> nowadays definitely women and men were trying to figure that out of how to be a parent and handle the demands of working and balance that right now. I'm really lucky and have a really supportive husband and we do it as a team. There's no way that I could, well, I, I, I guess if you have to, you figure it out, but having my husband help and, you know, take on half of all of the responsibilities has really helped. But, you know, again, just that one one bite at a time, so looking at each day and figuring out what we have to do and how to juggle it and who's doing what, and then just doing it. So are you both It's definitely working? a juggling act. <sighs> I, I love that you admit that because it's like, amen. So are you both working full-time? We are. Wow. Are you both able, because I know, so when the legislative session isn't happening, you're you're a little bit more flexible being able to work from home. Is your husband flexible to work from home too? Or is that a juggling act? It's definitely a juggling act. There's quite a bit of flexibility at his work, you know, to leave, to do appointments and things like that. But he's on site most of the time. So during the legislative session, it's definitely a juggling act for sure. Um, You know, but utilize resources like daycare and our family support system to help as we're getting through those particularly busy times for all of us. I love that. How did you get with your husband to not just to like, here's like, here's a task list, here's a task list, like split it in the middle. Here you go. How did you be able to talk that through and communicate and and develop a support system rather than just like a split task. Does that under, does that make sense between just like Sometimes it is just a split task. You know, we have a Google Calendar and we figure out who's taking what appointment. Um but you know, as we were dating and getting into marriage, we we knew what we overall wanted our life to be in that helped 
make the division of tasks a little bit easier. You know, I think like every married couple, we still, you know, there's still disagreements sometimes over who does what. But yeah, I'd say for the most part, we, we acknowledge that we're a team and we do what we can to get things done. I I love that. I absolutely love that. And especially as you're doing foster and ad- adoption, that's that's a lot of extra work of blending into the family culture or creating a new one together. And and I just absolutely admire that. Do you have any insights or tips for anyone who wants to foster or adopt? There are a lot of appointments. So figuring out how you're going to juggle the appointments. Um, you know, I'd say it's the first like logical step that you need to work through. And for us, you know, building that support system was incredibly helpful. And there's a huge support system even within the foster care community. Um, so that's been really helpful. I will say foster care is not at all what I was expecting when we first came into it. And one of the things that was most surprising was the relationships that we've been able to to build with these kids' parents. You know, in one case, one of the dads now is family and we've gone on family vacations together and he's an incredible person who, you know, we're talking to every day and like is, is like a brother to me as much, you know, as my my biological sisters are. Um, so that's been really rewarding and unexpected. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. I feel like yeah, I went a little bit off on the tangent. No, I love that. I I absolutely love that is because it's kind of, it's a big unknown. And I, I love how you said that there's definitely unexpected and those unexpected things with fostering. And um, I... I just am so grateful that you've, that you are a foster parent that I did. Wow. Brady, I just, as you're talking, I'm like, you do this and that. Wow. And (laughs) you, and I see you really have to work as a team with your husband to make this happen. You have to be together making this happen. I just love that. I'm going to switch gears. There are single parents who foster and I, I personally don't know how they do it, but you know, it's incredible. And I think that just goes to show that you take the cards that you're dealt and you just figure out how to make it work for you and your individual life. I love that. I absolutely love that. If any foster parent is listening, thank you. We just thank you. What what a task that you're doing and what a rewarding thing and also what a challenging thing. Now we know all your appointments. So Thank you so much. And Brittany, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit. I want to kind of go into financial empowerment because you are around the state. You're talking about it. I would love for you to know, what do you think people are missing most with with their finances? Like what did we not, um, what are people not grasping from their high school financial literacy concepts or what are people still um, consistently having a fault with what, what is the biggest thing you think with finances that we, we need to improve? I I feel like this is getting better, but I feel like finances or personal finances at least are a little bit taboo. 
unfortunately, I don't think that it's talked about as much in a family environment as it really should be, um, you know, not just the successes and the how-tos, but also talking with kids about the troubles and how to navigate those troubles so that when they grow up and as we're facing financial challenges ourselves, we aren't embarrassed to get help or to be intentional with our finances. And I'd say that that's, you know, probably the biggest thing for me is being intentional. So sitting down and getting a true understanding of how much I make and what my expenses are has been critical to me. And making sure that I have as much coming in as out and then being able to invest as much as I'm able. Um, but a large part of that comes from feeling comfortable looking at my financial situation and, you know, acknowledging that that things won't always be perfect. And, you know, as a human, I'm imperfect and fallible. Um, but to to look at that situation, understand it, and then do the best that you can with it, not feeling overwhelmed. It kind of like everything in life, starting small, but starting somewhere and taking things one bite as a at a time um, to getting into a really secure financial situation. But, you know, that starts with making money not a taboo topic. I love that you said that. I totally agree. It's it's definitely improving, but it's still there. We're not as open and it's hard. It's hard to be open about it and to be brave, to be open and to face. I think sometimes the hardest thing is to face yourself and your financial mm-hmm. habits and admit that, okay, yeah, I overspending, you know, yeah. like to face that person in the mirror and say, all right, we are an imperfect, but there can be so much grace throughout that. Yeah. I love that you said, take it one bite at a time. Cause we also have to be humble and caring and, and forgiving with ourselves and like, you know what? I didn't do so great with our finances, but, but I can do better, you know, that, that kind of balance. And then also knowing that there's resources out there. So if you're struggling with one particular or, or you know, many particular parts of your financial life to, to know that you're not alone and there are organizations and people out there with expertise who won't judge you and can help you navigate your financial situations. So you're not in it alone. So it doesn't have to be this, this overwhelming thing, no matter what your situation is. That is so true. Okay. At the treasurer's office, I know you kind of gather a lot of resources and have one spot. We're on Financial Literacy Council there together, but where, how do people find these resources? We have several on our website, thetreasurer.utah.gov. Also, you know, shout out to our Women in the Money Conference that we hold annually. We try to get many different organizations that provide resources in our community there. We're also working with the State Board of Education right now on completely updating the finance and the classroom website 
which has primarily been a source for our financial literacy teachers, but with the way that we are recrafting it, um, we're hoping that that'll be a community resource as well to help point people to the many different um, resources within our community. So a few different places, but starting with our treasurer's website is probably a good way to go. Yeah, I would highly recommend that. Starting starting with the treasurer's website is because you kind of congregate the information in one area and it's a really good starting point for people. Um, what is your one piece of financial advice? Like if you were up on the women and money conference and you had one thing to say, what would you what would you tell people right now? Yeah, I would say that that's very similar to my last answer is have grace with yourself and be intentional. Everybody's financial journey is going to be different. So understanding what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are and being intentional in the decisions that you're making with your money and getting help, you know, in the areas that may be a weaker point, you know, so that you can build that financial security, you know, and, and the sooner you start, the better, especially when it comes to investing. Um, because the more time you give your money to grow, the the more it will grow over time. Um, but, you know, if, no matter where you are, just taking that first step and starting somewhere. I love that. I As you're saying that, one thought just popped in my head is kind of help us with the taboo thoughts about talking about finances. But um, I thought about a personal trainer, right? Is if you're trying to build and maintain muscle, you're going to go to a personal trainer. But once you achieve it, you don't just quit the gym. You don't just quit the trainer. Typically stay with the trainer. And there's different things to do maintenance than there is to do building. And I thought of that with financial resources is a lot of times we're like, oh, I'm only going to get help if I'm so far behind and I need to catch up a lot, right? Or I, I have this big hurdle or this big challenge or obstacle or goal. And then once we get there, we're like, all right, I'm done. I don't need any resources. But that's sometimes a folly because maintenance is a whole different thing with finances and to still get help no matter where you are, whether you feel like you're already in that financial security or not, there's still resources to help you continue on that path and to maintain that path. And just what you said prompted me into thinking that like, oh yeah, like getting help doesn't need to be scary or bad. Like it's a good thing, right? And we can all use it. Exactly. Well, well put. Yeah. We are so glad that you've joined us today. Brittany, you have graced us with your time. And we want to ask you our question that we ask everyone on the podcast. And that is, what is one piece of advice you'd give your younger self to boost your confidence? I'd say that it's okay if you aren't perfect. In fact, I think that most people appreciate imperfections. It makes you relatable because nobody's perfect. So just try your hardest and know that that doing that is enough. And then Forgive yourself when you mess up, just like you forgive other people. Confidence isn't gained through perfection, like I know that I once believed. It's built through trying hard and caring deeply about others, and that includes yourself. Mm, wow. Trying hard and caring deeply about others, including yourself. That is so powerful. 
thank you for being with us and taking the time out of your work schedule and out of your family schedule. And we are just grateful for you to be with us. And we are just honored to know you. So thank you so much, Brittany. Thank you so much. It's been great being on. After every episode, I'm amazed at what each of our guests have accomplished in their lives. They inspire me to go for my dreams and seize opportunities. The reality of life is that every opportunity and dream has a financial implication and knowing how to manage and grow your money will not only help you achieve your goals, but also get to them faster. Utah Money Moms has been a resource for me to learn how to better manage my money and turn my dreams into reality. Their website is full of interactive material to engage all learning styles. My favorite resource is their free monthly webinars where I can listen and have my questions answered by financial counselors and educators. Head on over to utahmoneymoms.com or utahmoneymoms on Instagram to access free empowering material. Again, that is utahmoneymoms.com or utahmoneymoms on Instagram. Thanks for listening in on the Full Confidence Ahead podcast. Weekly on Tuesdays, we'll continue our journey of confidence together through new interviews and insights. Make sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on the latest conversations and confidence boosts. And by the way, you got this because you deserve to live life full confidence ahead. See you next week.